You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, the day after the regular season finale, where the Pelicans get a big victory, 122-98, winning in very convincing style over the San Antonio Spurs to seal the sixth seed and a date with Portland, who's the third seed in the first round. Playoff basketball is almost here. The Pelicans will take on Portland Saturday night. I think it's 9.30 Central tip, so the late game there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Before getting two games at home, I'm assuming that's going to maybe be Thursday and Saturday, maybe Wednesday and Friday. Not sure just yet. We'll find out. I got to take a look. So today's podcast, we're going to recap the game over the Spurs, talk about what the Pelicans did well. They're carrying a lot of momentum into the playoffs. And I'm going to give you guys an overview of Portland and New Orleans and kind of their matchups. And then tomorrow we're going to go much more in depth. I haven't had enough time to do all of my research on Portland. I'm trying to line up one or two things. So this is going to be a shorter pod. And then I'm going to make it up to you guys with tomorrow and probably some extra podcasts leading up to Saturday's game. So there might be a lot out there, a lot of content because I mean, it's the playoffs. We're going to do it Big, do it bigger, I guess is the new hashtag now for the Pelicans. So we're going to prep you with everything you need to know about these games, this matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the Pelicans have a pretty good chance to get out of the first round. So the game last night, a 122-98 victory for the Pelicans in which they dictated basically everything that they wanted to do in this one. The pace was at 105 when San Antonio wants to play very slowly. The Pelicans had 78 points in the paint. They were aggressive and attacking, led by none other than Anthony Davis. 22 points, 15 boards for him, um, where he was just looking sharp, wanted to get inside and score exactly what you want to see out of him going into the playoffs. Drew Holiday with 23 points, 7 assists. Uh, He was 11 of 15 on the night, 73.3%. Again, aggressive and attacking. He was 0 for 2 from deep, showing you he was really trying to get to the line, not get to the line, but get inside, get that mid-range game going a little bit to try and pummel this Spurs team just slow slightly. Rajon Rondo, 19 points, 14 assists. A tremendous game for him as he was all over the place, zipping passes around. You saw Nikola Mirotic continue to play well. Over 20 points again, 21 on the night, 15 boards, was 2 of 7 from 3. Not great there, but hit two big ones at times when the Pelicans really needed them to kind of kill off the Spurs runs that they were going on. You had Ian Clark with 11 points off the bench. He looks healthy in everything since coming back from that injury. Etwan Moore was playing well, 5 of 7 on the night, 13 points. You just got solid contributions all around from this team. One guy who wasn't in there, Emeka Okafor, it's been a a DNP coach's decision a handful of times over the past couple of games. you got to wonder if he's not going to be in that playoff rotation or if they still plan to use him situationally, particularly when you have Yusuf Nurkic out there, who you know is a bigger body, plays Anthony Davis very physically, might help to get another center out there. 
For the Spurs, they kind of just went top to bottom with a lot of guys scoring off the bench. That, of course, is going to happen when you've been blown out and you've kind of pulled guys with six or so minutes left in the game, meaning the Pelicans could then finally get Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday out of that game. But the Pels did everything they wanted to do. I said that fast pace. Well, 32 fast break points. Again, that also helps get to the 78 points in the paint. Bit of an issue here, which was kind of surprising that you can get a win while turning the ball over 19 times. Drew Holiday was the main culprit with that. He had six. Anthony Davis had five. But early on in the game, in that first quarter in particular, it was some sloppy basketball for the Pels. But they really kind of clamped down, held San Antonio to a rough shooting night, just 40.2% from the field, 33.3 from deep. They were 8 of 24. And the Pelicans managed to get the victory, again, by getting in side attacking the paint listen to this one Pels were 5 of 19 from deep 26.3 percent but they shot almost 60 percent 59.1 in overall from the field they were getting inside getting looks like that and that's how this team is going to win and that's how you're going to also beat Portland coming up in this playoff series so a great way to end the season for the Pelicans on a five-game winning streak going into the playoffs as the sixth seed you know, when DeMarcus Cousins went down, everybody, everybody wrote this team off. Not just, you know, again, fans were, we thought the season was done. I can't even tell you how many texts I got that night just saying season's over. So to go 48-34 and 34 for the sixth seed, avoiding Golden State or Houston in the first round is tremendous work. You know, after the playoffs, maybe if we get some downtime in between the games, I'll talk about, you know, the case for Alvin Gentry for Coach of the Year. We'll talk about all the awards and everything and kind of how the season has gone on. But this has been a tremendous job by everyone on this team. The players, the coaches, the front office to retool everything. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And we get some more basketball games and playoff basketball. So don't forget, Locked On NBA five days a week. Now with the playoffs about to be in full swing, you need to make sure you're listening to catch up on all the series around the association. And of course, make sure you listen to every Wednesday where I'm on there hosting. So listen and subscribe to Locked On NBA. So Portland, and this is just going to be a very quick primer going over some of the basics here, and we're going to dive into specific matchups later in the week. And I'm also hoping to do a crossover with the Locked On Blazers podcast host that will post here hopefully for tomorrow as well so again multiple podcasts are likely going to be coming in the next couple of days so just the basics you need to know about Portland today and first of all we can go over the schedule so game one is going to be Saturday uh, in Portland and then you've got game two on I think Tuesday night is what it's going to end up being and then you've got a Thursday home game here in New Orleans. It's an 8 p.m., I think, Eastern tip, so 7 here. And then 4 p.m. on Saturday, and those are going to be the first four. And this is going to be a lot of fun here in New Orleans. That was a pretty good atmosphere last night in the Smoothie King Center as well. So Portland Trailblazers, 49-33, third in the Western Conference. Terry Stotts is their head coach and has done a very good job with them so far this year. This is a team that's known for being offense-minded, particularly with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the backcourt of years past, but this is a bit of a different Blazers team. And, you know, Terry Stotts, along with like half the coaches in the NBA, probably need to get some consideration for Coach of the Year as well. He He's kind of changed the makeup of this franchise, almost akin to what happened here in New Orleans last year, where they went from being 
an offensive team with Alvin Gentry to one much more defensive-minded. And Portland has been very good defensively this year. They're the eighth-best team in the league when it comes to defensive rating, and they give up the fifth-fewest points per game. Not a huge deal there. We know we don't like that stat. Pace-wise, they're 19th out of 30th. They're about five or six possessions per game uh, less than what the Pelicans like. So you've got a bit of a contrast in styles there. Offensively, they're middle of the pack, 15th. They're 16th in points per game. So their offensive rating kind of what you would expect there. And they've been pretty good all year long. They had one of the easier schedules in the NBA. And you've seen kind of periods where they haven't played particularly well. But they did go on that 12-game winning streak to kind of right after the All-Star break get a lot of momentum heading into the playoffs, but they did lose four in a row and were kind of free-falling a little bit till they got that victory over the Utah Jazz last night on the final game of the regular season. Mo Harkless is really the only injury uh, that's significant for them. He's not going to be playing at all during the playoffs, so they're relatively healthy. So they do a number of things particularly well and things that are going to bug the Pelicans. And if you go back to the last time these two teams played here in New Orleans, it was on the offensive glass that they were a menace. 27 second chance points for Portland in that game. They're the 10th best offensive rebounding team. That's an issue when the Pelicans recently, just recently, haven't been a great rebounding team. On the defensive glass, they're just as sound. Fifth best defensive rebounding team out there. Uh, so that's how they end opponents' possessions. They don't force a lot of turnovers. They're second to last, actually, in that. So the Pelicans, you know, as long as they're not making unforced errors, you should see the turnovers for them be low in this series. Just don't throw the ball away. Don't throw away inbound passes, things like that. Because the Blazers aren't going to force you into very many. They also then don't turn the ball over themselves. It's kind of a similar thing to the Spurs where they play just very, very sound basketball for the most part. But they're also not a great shooting team, so they're going to miss a lot, hence why they're pretty good on the offensive glass because there's more misses to kind of corral too, but I'm looking at percentage here. So the Pelicans are going to really need to be stout defensively, and don't be shocked if you see them kind of sag off and try and bait Portland into shooting a lot of long twos, a lot of threes, where Portland is not done particularly great this year. Portland's offense is a lot of kind of isolation and more jump shooting than kind of fluid basketball like the Pelicans are. They're actually 30th when it comes to assists uh, per game here. So they're not great there. You see them take a lot of just kind of contested field goals. I think that's part of the reason why their e-field goal percentage is so low. So they take a lot of attempts. They, they do shoot somewhat well enough to get them. But again, there's not a whole lot here that scares you unless you get to an individual level, in which case, yeah, there might be some concern, particularly because there's Damian Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers. 26.9 points per game, 6.6 assists, and 4.5 rebounds. He's not amazing defensively, but we know this guy can shoot lights out. T taking over eight three-point attempts per game, making three of them, that's 36.1%. You've then got C.J. McCollum in the backcourt with him, 21.4 points per game, also taking a number of threes and almost hitting 40% of them over two per game that he's making. That can hurt the Pels, but as I've been saying and I talked on the radio a bunch yesterday about it, they've done a good job against Portland all year, kind of corralling that backcourt. Only one of those guys has played well in every game that the Pelicans have played Portland in so far this year. And they've done a good job of not letting both both of them go off, which I think speaks a lot to Drew Holiday's defense and how well he's played this year. Then you've got Yusuf Nurkic there, 
14.3 points per game, grabbing nine rebounds as well. He's really their rim protector and just finisher in this offense, and their defensively is kind of what makes them work. He is one of the better rim protectors in the league up there with Anthony Davis, so he's going to try and take that away. I think the Pelicans actually might have an advantage here because Davis has range and you can pull him out of the paint. And if you do that, it's going to free up Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, and the rest of the team to attack, 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 and do what you do and what you did against the San Antonio Spurs of in the half court, pull him out of there and then blitz the rim. And if he sags off Anthony Davis, well, Davis is going to be open from mid-range and that's going to be okay. K, I think, by the Pelicans. Uh, you still got Al Farouk Aminu there. His length and kind of switchiness does make them work defensively as well. Again, it's kind of similar to what the Pelicans did last year where you had a rim protector and then you switched on everything to try and just make life hard for the opponents, and that's what Portland really tries to do. Those are the main guys there, but again, we'll get into some more of the specifics tomorrow, probably Saturday as well. There might just be multiple podcasts tomorrow for you guys. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Like I said, just a quick real preview here, real quick preview, whatever I'm trying to say, as we get kind of into the weeds with everything tomorrow and Saturday as we gear up for game one. Should have one or two guests on as well. We'll preview this by position and how the Pelicans match up there. I think they do a very good job. And there's a real chance this team can get out of the first round, but Portland is a very tough place to play in, and they're going to need some stout road performances, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you all for listening to the today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. A lot more to come with this as we gear up for the playoffs. Game one just right around the corner. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 